We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, TE1. TE1 will chronicle a 60-year evolution of the tight end position, from its origins as an obscure, overlooked blocking role to the versatile superstar position that it is today. I'll explore the evolution of the position through conversations with some of the all-time game-changing tight ends. And just like the incredible tight ends we sit down with on my new show, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. This truck is all about grit, strength, and dependability. The same attributes it takes to be a tight end. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. Yeah, you heard it there. It's Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. That guy sitting right over there, sitting right across from me, that's Chris Biederman. He covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers for NinersWire.com. Chris and I are not actually sitting right across from each other. Uh, I'm looking at my computer where I'm imagining Chris is. And so that's why I'm saying he's across from me. He's actually located in Santa Clara a couple hours. Anyways, that doesn't matter. We have football, Chris. We are two days away, nine one day away we're recording this tuesday night we're one day away from chiefs texans kicking off the nfl season the 49ers kick off this sunday so we get to actually dig in and do real pods again it's so weird that football is starting it's i really i think i realized this today like it doesn't feel like football seasons at all and i just watched training camp for the last month like I think the the thing that preseason does is sort of like lube the engine 
it's like this is what football looks like but you're not getting real football you're just getting this football and then that's the preview that gets everybody excited for actual football and i think that's really the thing that preseason does that's actually productive like i'm i'm as anti-preseason as anybody just from a football perspective but i realize now not having it what the value is because it's very strange that football season is here because it doesn't feel like it does that make sense totally and we've talked about that i produce a radio show out here in the bay area if you've never listened to the pod before if you have then you understand that it's a bit that i mention that every show so <laughs> uh, <laughs> we've been talking about that how i don't miss preseason games because they stink well they're terrible but, from our perspective because we right. have to write about them and there's it's really like useless right but from a content perspective, it's great because you're ramping up to football season. It's things to react to and overreact to. And we, as people who are not on site, get a look at, okay, wh- who's starting, who, who who looked good in a game situation. There was none of that this year. And now all of a sudden, it's going to be kickoff. And the first football we're seeing, because you know how it usually goes, Hall of Fame game, people go, football's back. And then their favorite team kicks off the uh preseason and it's football's back and then the thursday night kickoff and people go football's back like football is back so many times in a normal year and now it's just going to be back and that's it football's back like the preseason opener if a if a starting quarterback plays in the preseason opener like football is back for like a series and then you remember like oh yeah this is preseason this is stupid (laughs) at least for me so we're gonna dive right into the regular season and Instead of going through the Niners roster cuts, because Chris, as you and I were talking about this podcast, the 49ers didn't have any surprises with their roster. And we kind of knew that going in. Usually when you go through 53-man roster projections coming up to the cutdown deadline, you can read five and get five different looking rosters. This year it was you read five and there might be one or two differences and they're at the same position with the same two players. So no, no big surprises. The only, the only, I think quote unquote surprise for me was Dion Jordan getting cut. And that was just a numbers thing. It wasn't like I'd heard he was playing really well. In fact, I heard he was not very good in camp. Yeah, Uh, but he was not, he wound up on the practice squad, but what we're going to do instead is we're going to go through player by player and just have something on everybody all 53 guys, including Fred Warner, who doesn't currently count against the active roster. He is on the reserve COVID-19 list. So the Niners technically have 52 on their active roster right now. So we're going to go through all 53 players. We're going to include Fred Warner in this, socially distanced, of course. And we're going to discuss some of the guys. We're also going to put some guys in in four separate categories, whether they're a comeback guy, a guy that needs to take the next step, a bounce-back guy, or just a star, like it's it's one of the team's stars. I think there's a handful of those on this on this team. So we're gonna go position by position, and Chris, I'll introduce the player, and okay, it, I'll let you kind of uh, open the conversation if there is one to be had on that player. All right, sounds good. Let's do All it. Right. I'm gonna start at quarterback, and I'm gonna start at the bottom of the depth chart. I'm gonna start at C.J. Beathard. Any words on C.J. Beathard? Um, I heard he's he jacked. had a he he had a good camp. He's looking. Uh, a little stronger he he worked out a little bit more um in the off season so i i'm personally higher on cj Beathard than a lot of people i know a lot of people don't love him because mm-hmm. 
he didn't play well when he was starting for that trash team in 2017. Um, but I think Beathard could be a competent quarterback if if given an opportunity. He's probably, if not the best, one of the best number three quarterbacks in the league, I would guess. So he's still the number three? I would guess. it would. I, I don't know that Beathard really did anything <laughs> sure. to unseat Nick Mullins. Any but words on Nick Mullins? He's solid. It's really, you know, it's it's nothing really more than that. The thing with training camp and, and Nick Mullins and both Beathard is like they, they weren't really throwing to great receivers and they weren't playing behind a great offensive line. So it is sort of tough to to make judgments on quarterbacks in those cases. So um, I think Mullins is good. He's solid. Like, I think I don't think if Jimmy Garoppolo goes down, I think you can basically cross the 49ers off as far as like winning the Super Bowl. But like Nick Mullins can help win games. How so, many games, if Jimmy Garoppolo is unavailable, how many games could he be unavailable and the 49ers still win the NFC West? Uh three at the most. And okay. they would probably have to like go two and one. Or something, right? Sure. Because so, that's winning, realistic, though, I think with Mullins, winning the so. NFC West is probably gonna take eleven that- or twelve wins. Yeah, I think so. And that's also a little bit of an unfair question because you don't know which three yeah, the games other circumstances and, and what games missed. those are. Right. But yeah, uh, they need Jimmy Garoppolo to play at least like 14 games, I would say, to win the NFC West. Okay. So let's get to Garoppolo then. What? Yeah. We'll, we'll start here. Is he a comeback guy? I don't think he's not a comeback guy. He's, he's back from his ACL, no injury. Is he a guy that needs to take the next step? And, and and that's where I think he is because he's not a bounce back guy. He was good last year. He just needs to be better, I think, this year. And I don't think I would necessarily call him one of the team's stars. No, I think he I definitely think he's a guy that needs to take the next step. Um, here's the thing that nobody's talking about with the 49ers. And, and you know, I, in my job, I try to consume as many podcasts and read as much as I can. Like the way we talk about football is, OK, well, the 49ers might be worse on offense because they lost Emmanuel Sanders and their receivers are banged up and that could be a problem, blah, blah, blah. Nobody talks about players getting better, right? Like nobody, everyone's just like, everybody talks about Jimmy Garoppolo as a finished product. And maybe he is, but I'm of a, I'm of the belief that Garoppolo is going to keep getting better. I think the offense as a whole is going to keep getting better because it's executing a really difficult offense to learn. And now you have guys who have been in it for a very long time. Um, You know, some of them going into their fourth season and it's already proven to work. So like, you know, Kyle Shanahan in his fourth season can start to do things that he couldn't do in his second and third season. Right. Um, So I think Garoppolo just being in the system um, and playing more can get significantly better to where the conversation is, isn't, you know, the 49ers offense can't get better because they lost Emmanuel Sanders and maybe their receivers are banged up. It's, you know, maybe they can get better because maybe Garoppolo can get significantly better and maybe he cuts his interceptions in half or something, right? Like if if Jimmy Garoppolo cuts his interceptions in half, he's probably throwing, you know, instead of 28 touchdowns, it's like 33. And maybe instead of, you know, just short of 4,000 yards, he's at like 42 or 4,300 yards. And then we're like, all right, Jimmy Garoppolo might actually be a legitimate top 10 quarterback instead of a guy who has top 10 quarterback stats who you still don't fully trust. Right. Can so I, like there's a nuanced part of the Jimmy Garoppolo conversation 
that I think yes. a lot of people are missing, at least nationally, is like, can he get better? Because I, I legitimately think there's a good chance his second full season as a starter in Kyle Shanahan's offense with the supporting cast that he can get better. And that's something that I think people might be discounting when looking at the mm-hmm. 49ers. And I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I think there's a reasonable chance it does. And that's where, here's the deal. If the 49ers defense isn't historically great through the first eight or nine weeks, Jimmy Garoppolo is probably sitting at 4,200 yards and 30 plus touchdowns last year. They just, they, they blew out the Browns. They blew out the Panthers. They were never in a position where they had to come from behind and needed to throw the ball a lot. And so his volume early in the year was really low. But when you look at his 16 game numbers over like the final nine, that's what he's sitting at about 4,300 yards and 30 touchdowns. And if he does that for a full, if everything else is exactly the same, but the Browns game is a little closer and he throws some more and throws another touchdown and the Panthers game requires him to throw another touchdown, like all of a sudden his numbers are hitting these thresholds where there's a greater respect for what he did last year. But all that being said, yeah, I agree. All that being said, I I do think the the biggest key for me is the the giveaways, the fumbles, the, the throwing the ball at the other team. Like that's that's stuff that can't continue to happen because I'm not. I think the Niners' defense is going to regress a little bit, yep. where those giveaways are going to start turning games around. Absolutely, like the Steelers game week two. Mm-hmm. 49ers yep. had five turnovers and I think the Steelers only got three points off that I think three or six yeah so it, like it wasn't yeah, it, was... it was not enough for, for them obviously they lost the game but to to turn the ball over five times and win speaks to how good the 49ers defense was and also Mason Rudolph probably not great so Jimmy Garoppolo and next I don't step want guy. this to come he's across take the next step. he's a next step guy having like he was good last year He's just going to have to be even better this year. So yep. I don't want it to come across like we're shading Jimmy Garoppolo. Running no. backs, Jeff Wilson Jr., thoughts? Uh, competent backup. I thought Jamichael Hasty might win the job, but as like the fourth halfback, but uh, but no, Wilson's fine. He's good. Like he's, he's, I don't know if he'll be active, um, but if he is, he'll be used in short yardage and, and maybe some select passing plays, but no, he's yep. fine as a fourth running back. Jarek McKinnon, does he fall into one of our categories? I mean, he's got to be a bounce back guy, right? Or a comeback, whatever. Yeah, bounce back yeah. guy. Um, I, th- go ahead. I think he is the comeback guy. The comeback guy. Okay. Yes. I think that guy is Trent Taylor. Like, okay. the comeback guy is Trent Taylor for me. Okay. Um, But I totally We're talking get... about Jarek McKinnon right now. So Yeah, but Jarek McKinnon is... um. Really interesting, because if he can stay healthy, he gives the 49ers an offensive dynamic it didn't have last year, which is somebody who can right. um, line up different spots, be a matchup issue on, on third down. Raheem Mostert, not the best pass catcher. Tevin Coleman, I, I don't know if you want him out there on third down unless it's just for pass protection. Um, so McKinnon is really interesting. And like I said, I, I've said this a bunch of times, but like the 49ers were using him in a similar way the Cardinals do, or the the Carolina Panthers do um, with Christian McCaffrey, like just lining him up everywhere, a bunch of different screens, choice routes, option routes, all that kind of stuff. 
um, McKinnon was a focal point in the offense, and I think that's why the offense struggled initially in 2018 because it had to adjust with not having him. Um, so I think Kyle Shanahan has big ideas for Jarek McKinnon, and if he's anywhere near 100% the athlete that he was before the knee injuries, then that could potentially be a, a really nice addition to the offense for them. I think that's right. I've been pounding the table for Jarek McKinnon for the last couple of years, even you know, he got hurt in 2018 and then got hurt again last year. But like you said, they brought him in to be a focal point of the offense. And I think a healthy version of Jarek McKinnon is somebody who's going to wind up, I think, surprising a lot of people this year. So that's why I have him as, as the bounce back guy or the comeback guy. Those are way too similar. We did not plan that well, (laughs) but that's why I have him as the comeback guy, because I think there is a universe, not saying it's likely necessarily, but I think there's a universe where he is like there. If Mostert's the number one back, McKinnon's the number two by the end of the season. Right. Like the comeback guys were guys who didn't play in 2019. That was sort of the, the genesis of that idea. But let's, let's move on. Well, let's get, we've brought him up twice. Tevin Coleman. Is he going to be somebody who starts every game again and then only plays a handful of snaps? Do you think? I don't think so. I think Mostert is going to start, but I'm basing that off nothing really. Like Mostert was always, not always, most of the time Mostert was the running back on the first play of practice with right. the starters. So take that for whatever can it's you worth. Say that? Um, <laughs> you that I can, I, yeah, I guess <laughs> I, I might get in trouble for saying that. Shout out to, uh, to, somebody who would get me in trouble with that. <laughs> I'm not, not going to name names. Um, <laughs> that, that you're not going to name. Yeah. Uh, Nick Wagner no, Coleman, Coleman's fine. I think he's, he's going to get some, you know, a handful of touches each game. Um, I don't know that Mostert's going to be like a 20 touch guy per game. I think part of the reason he is so effective is because he's used sparingly. So I think the 49ers still want to have that element. Um, but I think Coleman is fine as a number two back. Yeah, I think that's right. I think he's their best pass protector. It wouldn't surprise me. Like, he tied for the team lead in carries last year. I don't think that's going to happen again this year. I don't think so either. I think he's going to have a role. I think it's going to be pretty diminished from what we saw a season ago. If Jarek McKinnon's healthy, it would not surprise me in the slightest if he got more touches than Coleman. Oh, wow. That's the take I just had. (laughs) Is that what you just said? Sort of. Did I just, like, completely brain fart while you're talking? Yeah, that's okay. Okay. Shout out to shout out to my brain power at this point. I had a bad weekend, man. It was rough. Um, who among us? You know. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, finish up the running backs. Raheem Mostert. I feel like we've kind of by proxy said a lot about him this year. Yeah. But I he's he is just from I'm gonna view this through this lens because I think it's relevant. He is fascinating from a fantasy football perspective. Yeah. And I drafted him in one of my leagues, but I I think he's going to lead the team in carries. I think he's going to be kind of their de facto number one back. But if I set the over-under for him at 175 carries, are you going over or under? Under. Right. That's what I... I I don't know what his volume is going to look like. He's is he going to be a better pass catcher? I I, I think he might have hit a ceiling last year, 
production wise where I don't know if there's this huge leap he's going to take with an extra 40 carries. Right. Right. Like I think scarcity is part of the reason he's effective. I know I just said it, Mm -hmm. but like, you know, Raheem Mostert is not going to average seven yards a carry if he's getting 20 carries a game. Right. Right. So like he's really, really good at outside zone. The 49ers tinkered with power at times and it definitely worked with Mostert too. Um, he's a good player, a really fast running back. Um, but he's sort of like, to me, he's sort of a one note guy and that's not necessarily an indictment. Like he's great at the outside zone stuff. I just don't know if he's a running back who is going to like do every kind of run. Like I think the 49ers are going to have different runs for different backs. And I think Mostert is going to have his, and then they're going to want to do other things where Coleman and McKinnon will get theirs. I think that here's the take. I think that if Raheem Mostert averages seven yards a carry and gets like 200 carries, it would be the biggest story in the NFL. Interesting. If you just have, if you just have a guy, if think about a guy averaging seven yards per attempt. Yeah. Yeah. Over like 200. Attempts. That's like an unstoppable rushing attack. Yeah. 1400 yards and not even just for him like just like holy crap look what the Niners are doing right so that's my that's my thought on Raheem Mostert any thoughts on Kyle Juszczyk um last year of the Albatross contract it (laughs) turned out uh spoiler alert that it wasn't an Albatross of a contract Kyle Juszczyk's very important to the offense he gets paid middling tight end money I think it's stupid that people freak out about paying a fullback and by people you mean Bill Barnwell I mean, I'm not really the guy who like calls people out on like publicly, but like the no, whole but Bar- thing, the, the whole thing where like he's a smart guy. Barnwell's great at his job. He's, he's ex- great at what he does. I disagree with his football take on Kyle Uzcheck and that yes, the contract was same. some sort of albatross. Like, what did Kyle Uzcheck prevent the 49ers from doing? Nothing. Right? Like paying Kyle Uzcheck five million dollars a year just because it's unique to the fullback position. Like he's a good football player. He plays 40, 50% of the snaps, like a good player who plays that much deserves $5 million a year. Like if stop thinking about it as a fullback, like think about him as like a tight end or an H back. And then it's like, Oh, that makes sense. It's that I was, I was listening to TE one with Greg Olson on the blue wire podcast network. Make sure you check it out. And that's not even like me dropping an ad. It's an awesome series. It's Greg Olson talking with tight ends throughout the years or from throughout the years. He started with Mike Dicka, then he went to Ozzie Newsome, and his most recent one was with Tony Gonzalez. Uh, it was with Shannon Sharp, and then his most recent one was with Tony Gonzalez. And in the Tony Gonzalez one, Tony Gonzalez talks about how football is the only sport where you get paid based on the position you play. Like, oh, interesting. In baseball, if you're a 40 homer, 40 steel guy who's going to hit 350, it doesn't matter if you're playing shortstop or center field or first base, like you're going to get paid like a guy who's a 40, 40 guy who hits three fifty. Whereas in football, you can be a top five wide receiver numbers wise as a tight end, but there's a cap on how much you can make because you're a tight end. Right. And that's sort of the, I think thinking that gets applied to use check. It's like, Oh, he's a fullback. So he can only make X amount. Like, no, he's a guy who does, 
10 different things in the offense and does them all effectively. He's a really good player. And yes, one of the reasons why the running game is so effective. What? And he also will occasionally leak out for a 50 yard game. Right. (laughs) And like, you know, do that stuff that no other fullbacks are doing. So he did that in Seattle last year and it was like a game changing play. Yeah. And there's not a lot of fullbacks in the league who are doing that. And he stiff armed Minka Fitzpatrick to the ground. Like he's, he's a good player. He had that Stop diving catch. Was that also against contract. the Steelers? What's that? Was that diving catch he had also against the Steelers? Uh, Down the left sideline? Yes. I can't remember. Anyways, anyway. uh, Kyle Juszczyk, Kyle Shanahan on a mic'd up one time. Juszczyk just ran like a little slant and caught it and got a first down. And he said, Juice is such a baller. And I think that just, <laughs> that's that's how you describe it. Like he's he's good at good at football. Really good quote too. Like great person yeah, just, to like throw ideas off of. Just a you said Kyle Uzcheck doesn't do a lot of losing in life, and man, that's accurate. Yeah, just follow a, his Instagram. Just a swell guy. <laughs> you'll, you'll understand a, what we mean. Bit a lot of victories going on in in the Uzcheck house. Uh, let's move to you want to do tight ends or receivers next? Uh, y- you pick. All right, we're gonna do tight ends because that's basically what Uzcheck is. Okay. We'll start with. Uh, let's start with Jordan Reed, the the new addition. I don't think there's a player I'm more interested in watching on the 49ers this year than Jordan Reed. So the ideal Jordan Reed scenario he come back, is comeback guy. Yeah, because he didn't play last year. So right. um, the ideal Jordan Reed scenario is pretty scary for opposing defenses, right? Because the ideal Jordan Reed Perfect Jordan Reed is a top five tight end in the league. Um, yes. He's a guy who caught, I think it was what, 17 passes, 17 touchdown passes in uh, six, 16 and 17 combined, something like that. Um, Some insane number. And the way he, like in one on ones, Jaquaski Tart just couldn't cover him. So, like, and Jaquaski Tart's a pretty good cover, strong safety, right? Um, Jordan Reed could be a problem. Like, he's. I don't know how big he is, but he's obviously bigger than a receiver, but he moves like a receiver. So the potential of what you can do in the running game with two tight ends on the field, um, the 49ers were not very good in two tight end sets last year. Um, They were really good in in two running back sets, obviously, but they weren't great in two tight end sets. They could be really nasty in two tight end sets this year, which would be a wrinkle to the offense that they would probably need if their receiving core um is banged up going into the season like we think it probably will be and we will have more information when this comes out wednesday afternoon we'll know we'll have a better idea at least if uh debo samuel and brandon Ayuk are, are at least practicing but jordan reed could be scary just because of how he complements george kittle and and everything the 49ers do with play action and all that um very interested but seven concussions is really scary he missed all of last year with a concussion He's had other injury concerns. Um, I don't think you can count on, like, if you get 10 games from Jordan Reed, I think that's a huge win. I think that's basically found money. Um, So if that happens, that's great for the 49ers. And it's really nothing but upside because you went through a season without him last year, obviously. Um, Because he wasn't on the team. So, like, you're still fine at tight end if he's not super healthy. Yeah, they don't need a second pass catching tight end. It's just a luxury at this point. I talked to uh, Grant Paulson, who does pregame and postgame for Washington football games on NBC Sports out there, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
And anytime you, you there's like a little humble brag, the sniff is is so a requirement. Key. It's so key. So it's and part of the bit. It, if if yeah. anybody is like, why is Chris laughing? It's there's a really good chance Ky- it's because Kyle just sniffed. <laughs> and, and it's an inside joke. I don't care, but it's like brag and do the sniff, and it's hilarious. And I don't and, care. Shout out to Eric. Brag Bush. about brag about something not worth bragging about. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, Grant Paulson, he's knows the Washington football team inside and out. I asked him about Jordan Reed. He said he's great if healthy. Kyle loved him. Uh, not a blocker, but he's passable on a good day. It's mostly a weakness. He's a plus-sized wide receiver. Unreal yeah. footwork and routes. Aaron Hernandez-like in that regard. Impossible to stop in man one-on-one on third down when right. And yeah. I think that is where we're going to see him a lot. And if the 49ers can be even better on third down, Kendrick Bourne really thrived in that area last year. It's something Trent Taylor's always been really good at. And now if you can line up George Kittle and Jordan Reed on the field at the same time on third downs, it's going to be really hard to get the 49ers off the field. Agreed. Plus, uh, there's red zone upside. So Jordan Reed, over or under, we'll finish with this, over or under seven and a half games. Oh, man. I don't want to. I'm just going to say over because I don't want to be a jerk and be like, yeah, he's going to get hurt. I, I don't I don't want to be that guy. Okay. What do you think? I actually, I, I think, I think over as well, because I think they're putting him in a position where he can play like 20 or 25 snaps. He doesn't have to play a full load. They don't have to line him up as a blocker. And I think they're really going to put him in a position to succeed and, and play a full season. Yep. Uh, Charlie Warner, sixth round pick. Thoughts? The, the new Levine Toy Lolo with more pass catching uh, in his game. Okay. So he made some plays in training camp. Jimmy Garoppolo threw to him probably more than I expected. Um, he was a better pass catcher than I expected. He's pretty he's a pretty good athlete. Um, he can block. He like his blocking is advanced for a rookie. Uh he's versatile, so maybe he can play some fullback if anything were to happen to use check. Um he's fine. Like he's the fourth tight end. He's fine. With upside. He could he could develop into a into a decent second. The next George Kittle, some are saying. Yeah, I'm not saying that. (laughs) Ross Dwelly, (laughs) thoughts? Uh, Jordan Reed insurance. Not really a great blocker, sort of a a plus size receiver, better in the passing game than in the running game. Obviously, I think one of the reasons why you feel fine about Jordan Reed potentially not being healthy is because you have Ross Dwelly, and that's not to say Dwelly is as good as Jordan Reed, but I think Dwelly. Um, it is fine for a number three tight end, and I think he can give you a little bit of pass catching in spurts if Reed were to go down. Like if Reed were to go down, I don't think it kills the Niners because they have Dwelly. Right. Yeah. And I I wouldn't be surprised if Dwelly actually outsnaps Reed on a game by game basis. Yeah. Just because I think he's probably a better blocker. Yeah. George Kittle. Um, I think he's the ducking, first star ducking the podcast. To. George Kittle. Uh, that's a great point. You know what? That's that's I, the only point I'm going to make about George Kittle until he you, comes on the podcast. Can you smell what the Niners are cooking? No, I can't because George <laughs> Kittle is is ducking us. That's fine. So if you want to hear George Kittle on Candlestick Chronicles, um, tweet at him. Relentlessly. Tweet at him or hit him up on Instagram and say, uh, we want to hear you on Candlestick Chronicles because Kittle has been ducking the pod for a while. And uh, basically, I'm fed up. And understand, we're not going to lob softballs. 
hard-hitting right. questions. Right. The We're going to really drill down. you want to hear. We're right. going to get to the core of the player and the man. <laughs> he goes on uh, a lot of podcasts, but not this one. And uh, and at some point, you take it a little personally, and that's that's sort of where I'm at. Y- you can do that because you've interacted with him. I don't know him, so I'm not going to take it personally. Yeah. So you can do that. I will not be doing that. Um. Okay. Receivers. George Kittle's best player. He's their best player, right? Still. Yeah. Uh, it's either him yeah. or Trent Williams or Nick Bosa. I think those are the 49ers three best. Spoiler players. alert, dude. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we don't I, have I just it's he's he's you can argue he's their best player overall. You can argue he's their best offensive player. He's certainly their best skill position guy. Yep. And I'm not sure it's close. Yeah. He should come on the pod. Tweet at George Kittle. Definitely. It's Come at on Candlestick Chronicles. 46. Stop ducking us. Tell him we'll play the Iowa fight song. Love my Hawkeyes. I'm a big Marvin Oof. McNutt guy. Oof. I had a I had a Sean I had a Sean Green, um, I had a Sean Green Iowa jersey growing up. I spent a lot of time in Guernsey. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Offensive tackles. Uh, is that what we, you want to skip receivers? Or, oh yeah, sorry. I'm looking at my my yeah. Let's, oh, let's, your, uh, let's yours do receivers. Is, your, I guess, I guess we should out. talk about the receivers. You lay your roster out. Because what writers tend to do, or media people tend to do, for, for listeners, is make a spreadsheet of the roster and you organize it by position. And normal people organize it by how they're laid out on the field. Mine are just laid out left or right. And it doesn't really, there's no, yeah. see what screwed me up is I have receivers third and we did tight ends third. Mm, so it's like shortstop fourth, third base being right. six and then five. Right. Yeah, All right. Sure. So let's get to it, the receivers. Uh, Richie James Jr. Any, any thoughts on the, on the former seventh round pick? Um, probably the return guy didn't really have any training camp so i'm curious to see if there's any uh any rust when it comes to returning that's one thing that i think the preseason does do is get return guys some some game reps which can be valuable mm-hmm. um richie james did not muff a punt at all last season until the super bowl which is notable um so i mean i think he's fine i think he's a good punt returner Obviously, the the muffs have not been an issue sans the Super Bowl, um, but I think he's fine. If he if Richie James is your sixth receiver, you're fine. Yeah, I think that's right. Trent Taylor, um, could be, could you be. Have, you have him as the comeback, the comeback guy. The guy who didn't play last year. Um, training camp last year, Kyle Shanahan, like Trent Taylor, was really good, and and I'm not the guy who like who is like I, I can't watch the tape of training camp so i'm sitting on the sideline trying to figure out who's playing well and all that kyle shanahan came out and said that trent taylor was the best offensive player the 49ers had before last year's training camp he didn't play that offense still went to the super bowl um so that makes me think that trent taylor could potentially be really good how good like is 70 catches reasonable i kind of think so wow. Man. Um, I think he's going to be like, <laughs> this is going to be so terrible, but like the Julian Edelman, Wes Welker type, like <laughs> Danny Amendola. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. The, the short Dwight. white, 
uh third down target <laughs> no but seriously like that's that's kind of what he is and so we just like i think he could put he has that potential um to be that for this offense if he can stay healthy and he's you know 5'8 180 and injury prone which is problematic but sure if he's healthy he could be a real asset to the offense and maybe one of their leading pass catchers yeah and he's dynamite on third downs somebody who can get open in space in tight windows right somebody who can get open create space in tight windows over the middle which i think is going to be huge for for jimmy garoppolo having somebody he can trust and just get rid of the ball to dante pettis he's he's the bounce back guy for me yeah this might be make or break for pettis he had a good camp or at least a better camp than last year um i was wrong about pettis's camp last year i thought he you know like was fine i thought he was going to be fine but it turns out he was further in the doghouse and than i believed after watching practice which whatever mm-hmm. um i'm curious to see if he's active because i think the only way he's active on game days is if samuel Ayuk, born taylor uh are inactive because i yeah. i think james is going to be they're only going to have five receivers up and i think it's james has to be one of them because he's the return guy so I think there's a chance if all the receivers are healthy, Pettis is inactive, and then every everybody's talking about that because he's a former second-round pick. But, um, you know, it is what it is. I, I think Pettis has potential. I think he's talented. Um, he was more eager to go across the middle and play through physicality and, um, you know, make contested catches and all that. He was better in training camp. I'm curious to see if it translates to the game. Um, but, you know, he's interesting. And but I I also think he only plays if other guys are hurt, based on the way the receiving core is constructed right now. I noticed that the discourse from John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan around Dante Pettis is very different this year than it was last year. Right. So he's he's going to be he's going to be fascinating to watch because I think there's a world where he becomes like a legitimate like fourth guy but i also think that there's a world where he's inactive all year yeah so um let's uh let's get rolling through these kendrick born sturdy did, did dependable he, did i think he hit his i think he was like at his ceiling last year yeah i don't know like stats wise i mean i think kendrick born's destiny is like a really quality second or third receiver He's never going to be your number one, but like he will be the dude who will get open when George Kittle's getting doubled and, you know, whatever. Like, I, I think if if a defense is focusing on other targets, I think Kendrick Bourne can really benefit from that. And I think he's yep. sort of an ideal second or third wide out. He gets open and he catches the ball. Like yep. and two things that get, that get. Yeah. And converts third downs like two yep. things that get lost in a quality receiver. He has all those things. I think he's going to continue to be a quality receiver. Brandon Ayuk, we talked a little bit about him a couple pods ago. Best camp of any rookie receiver I've seen since covering the team starting in 2013, and that's not saying a and lot, but um, a lot of a lot of the beat writers who have been doing this longer than you have agree with you. Yeah, like he he looks like the real deal, the absolute real deal, and um, if he's healthy, he tweaked his hamstring. Um, I think he's he could play a lot, like. Like last year when the 49ers really settled on Debo, Emmanuel Sanders, and um and Kendrick Bourne, like I think it might be sort of similar if Ayuk's healthy. Like it would be Ayuk playing a ton, 
Debo playing a ton, and then like Trent Taylor and Bourne sort of mixing in. But um, yeah, like I I am high on Ayuk if he can if if he's healthy. Like just watch him move. He's physical. He runs really good routes. Really good athlete. Um, seems to have his head on straight. Like just you know that the mental part of it and the preparation and being a pro all that like he checks all those boxes and that's that's difficult for a rookie particularly these these circumstances with covid and all that um so yeah buy like buy Brandon Ayuk stock yeah I he might not be probably... healthy for the first couple of weeks but um he's he's going to be a problem maybe not as a rookie like may, maybe we'll see it in spurts yeah but long term i think Brandon Ayuk long for a long time in Kyle Shanahan's offense could be really really good uh Debo Samuel does he does he fit as like a next step guy I mean he had almost a thousand all-purpose yards last year yeah I mean he he could he could be a guy that leads the 49ers in receiving and then tacks on you know two or three hundred rushing yards for sure like I think Debo's really good and I think he has that whatever Anquan that whatever quality Anquan Bolden had that was just like fearless and just I'm gonna run through every single cornerback's face and I'm not scared at for at any point like that is Debo has that quality and um and that's pretty rare to be honest and I think like he's he's built like a tank for a receiver um I think he has put star potential if he can stay healthy um but you know we'll see but I I long term like I know everybody everybody freaks out about the Niners receivers because they're mostly unproven and there are a lot of question marks and stuff but you just yeah. look at the talent of Samuel and Ayuk, like project that out like two or three years. Like those dudes could be really good. Yeah. Cause really, Kyle Shanahan's really going to put, going to put those, offense. he knows exactly how to use those guys. Yeah. There's several plays that you can point to, but one that really stands out to me from Debo Samuel is the one in the NFC championship game where he caught a pass over the middle and just kind of lowered his shoulder and railroaded the defensive back and tripped over him. Yeah. That's the only thing that kept him from scoring. He he should have scored on that play. That would have been an epic play. That right, and that's what like the that would have that would have been like an all time incredible. Yeah, just like touchdown. trucks, dude scores fifty yard touchdown. Yeah, and he would have hit the over on his receiving yards, which he did not get to, and somebody might have had a parlay uh, where that was the last leg that they did not hit because he didn't get to. Anyways, offensive line. Let's uh, let's jump out to the tackles. Justin School. Swing tackle, uh, yeah. played better than expected last year. I remember thinking that Miles Garrett going against Justin School was going to have three sacks and potentially ruin the game. Uh, School had a basically a clean sheet, and I think he's if he's your swing tackle, I think he's fine. Um, I think it's problematic if you have to rely on him to play for an extended period. Um, okay. But I think he's I think he's fine in, as like a spot starter. Um, if you know one of your guys goes down for for a short period of time, agreed. Uh, Colton McKivitz, how did he look in camp? Give me twenty second version. Uh, rough start, got better as camp went on. It wouldn't surprise me at all if by mid season he's starting somewhere. Okay, and is probably it, right. Think, guard. What I was gonna say, would it have been better to include him in the guards? Uh, yeah. I mean, I I think okay. he. I'm he I'm got adjusting my of... thing now because of this. My yeah, roster, he, he, he number, got, you know, he got a lot of um, a lot of reps. I'll just say I'll, at, at right guard. Okay, uh, reps. Mike, 
<laughs> yes. Uh, I'm not going to say which, which team, but the fact I'm mentioning that they were reps should indicate something. This is going back to the training camp reporting. Rules. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to make a conjecture here because I was not at camp. I cannot report anything because I wasn't yeah. there. So I'm not going to act like I was. I'm going to guess that you meant first team reps. Mike McGlinchey, the starting right tackle. I don't think there's any question about what reps he was taking. I think he is a guy that has a chance like to elevate himself into that like pro bowl caliber right tackle this year. Yeah. A lot of people w- within the organization have been talking about McGlinchey's second half of the year in the playoffs. And he was really good. Um, Trent Williams said he thinks he could be the best right tackle in the league. I won't go that far because there are a lot of good right tackles, but I think yeah. like if Mike McGlinchey turned out a pro bowl year this year, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Okay. And Trent Williams, man, Trent Williams is really, really, really good at football as advertised. Yes. Um, extremely athletic built like a house, uh, just like there were times where it was like he handled Nick Bosa and there were times where Bosa won. Um, but like Bosa looks, Bosa's not a small person. Bosa's what? 265, 270, something like that. Um, Trent Williams is enormous compared to Nick Bosa. Wow. And I think I'm, I'm very comfortable saying, I think Trent Williams could provide an upgrade over Joe Staley. As as good as Joe Staley wow. was, um, I think Trent Williams might be a better player. Yeah, upgrading after losing a six-time Pro Bowler is uh advantage. If the Niners win the Super Bowl this year, Trent Williams will be a significant reason why. Yeah, I think that's right. Tom Compton, moving to guards. Probably their worst offensive lineman. Oof, tough scene. Okay. I think yeah. that's it. So you don't think he's going to start at either right guard or center week one? Um, if Ben Garland can't play with an ankle injury, mm-hmm. uh, I think it will be Ronis Grasu off the practice squad starting. Okay. Um, and Compton on the bench with Brunskill at right guard. Okay. And so let's just get to Daniel Brunskill. I played well at right tackle last year. Played okay at right tackle, I should say. Filled in at right guard when Mike Person was out, and now it sounds like you think he's going to be the starting right guard. Yeah, I think he could be good. Um, I think his camp was a little hard to hard to evaluate from my perspective because I'm not an offensive line expert, but also because he was playing a lot of center. Um, and so I don't think he's a great center right now. I think he could develop into one. I think he's he can be a a good guard. Like I think the forty like Mike Person was fine. Um, and probably the weak link on, on the offensive line. I think Brunskill could be a significant upgrade there. Um, yep. But I think they might be spreading him thin if they're going to be working him at center too. But I think he'll, I, I'm pretty comfortable saying I think he's going to be the starting right guard. And Lakin Tomlinson. Uh, a guy who could take the next step and be in that Pro Bowl discussion. I think Lakin Tomlinson's yep. really good. Um, yep. I think he one of the reasons why people talk about Javon Kinlaw not having a good camp is because Lake and Tomlinson had a really good camp. Sure. Um, and I think if you line up Lake and Tomlinson at left guard, Trent Williams at left tackle and George Kittle in line over on that left side, uh, you should be able to run for five or six yards of carry. Yep. Because those two. I think that's run. probably right. It's also a good testament to why you don't give up on first round picks after just a couple of years. 
The Lions traded him to the Niners for a fifth round pick, if you don't remember. Um, and Ben Garland finishing up the offense before we get to a break. Um, not sure about week one, whether he'll play. As you mentioned, he has an ankle injury. But going into a year without your starting center and having somebody that the team knows can fill in and, and do so capably is a pretty big advantage. Yeah, Garland's fine. Um, I don't know if I would feel great if he was, you know, like the starting center, um, like long term. But I think as a backup center, I think he's fine. More than fine. Cool. Let's get to a break. You've counted on on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with new contactless dro- delivery drop-off setting. Uh, choose from your favorite national restaurant chains like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Mm. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order. Those can stack up. That's a pretty sizable discount. We're they really do. Yeah. Um, when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's BLUEWIRE, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E, for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Sundays are coming back in the NFL. I can't believe it, but they can't are. Wait. It's really crazy. Uh, with Hi. NFL Sunday Ticket.tv, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone DirecTV, Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. If you have a laptop, you can set that up. If you have an iPad, you can set that up. If you have a phone, you could set that up. So you're you're potentially having four screens up um with all your devices four different games uh i don't know really what could possibly be better than that so no matter where you live nfl sunday ticket.tv is your key to the most glorious sundays ever use a promo code blue wire at checkout to get 15 percent off your subscription visit nfl sunday ticket.tv and use promo code blue wire let's go to the defense Hell yeah. Let's talk about defense. I'm going to go, I'm going to start at the defensive line and okay. uh, we'll move our way back. Uh, Kerry Hyder. We'll start at defensive end. Kerry Hyder signed from Dallas. Sounds like he had a good camp from what I read. Yeah. I think Kerry Hyder is a lot like Ronald Blair in that he's somebody that everybody loves um, in terms of like the coaches and, and the players, and he's going to play with Max Baffert and he'll, he'll be somebody who spells Nick Bosa and D Ford. Um, another guy that you're probably not feeling great about if he has to play 80% of the snaps, but if he's playing 15 to 20 snaps a game and, um, you know, he's somebody who could give you, you know, four or five sacks, potentially that's what it looks like. So, um, I think Kerry Hyder is a nice, a nice depth addition and, uh, Chris yep. Kosurik, the defensive line coach loves him. So, it's good good news for the Niners, I guess. Yeah, I don't have a lot to add to that. D Ford. He is a bounce back guy. Yeah. I mean, he had a good year. The the people talk about D Ford like the, there isn't a whole lot of I believe it or not, Kyle. Uh there isn't a whole lot of football nuanced discussions going on about D Ford. A lot of what? people are like 
D Ford's good, and other people are like, oh, he's he was a bust of a signing. I hate the word bust, by the way. Like, just okay. I, I would excommunicate, ex whatever, get rid of that word. <laughs> um, but D Ford, if he plays fifty percent of the snaps, which I think would probably be his max workload, probably not a rundown player, um, but second and third down for sure. Uh, he could he's a he's a double digit sack guy waiting to happen. He forces a lot of fumbles. Um, he has a knack for that. He just has to stay healthy. He f- said he feels a ton better with about his knee after having knee surgery to repair that tendonitis that was problematic last year. He also had a hamstring injury last year, and he also had a calf injury during camp. Um, but he's practicing and looks like he's going to play Sunday. So um, if Ford's healthy, I think that's really important for the pass rush because um, just the three guys, like Ford, Bosa and Armstead, I think that's as good of a trio as you're going to have as a you know pass rushing trio along the defensive line. Sure. And then if you get good seasons from Javon Kinlar, DJ Jones, or Solomon Thomas, or whoever else, um, that's a bonus. Um, but Ford has to be part of that equation if the Niners defense is going to remain elite. Like I think the Niners defense yeah. has a pretty limited ceiling if D Ford is not playing um, a lot. Like I think you probably need to make up for DeForest Buckner's loss some with a double digit sack season from D Ford. If the defense is going to be like top five, like you, you probably want it to be. Nick Bosa. I feel like, I feel like we could say a lot about Nick Bosa, but I feel like we don't have to say very much. Like, I think he's a defensive player of the year candidate and he's going to be their best defensive player. Yeah. If Nick Bosa won, um a defensive player of the year in his career i would not be surprised at all um the question for me is like is he over under one and a half for nick bosa defensive player of the year awards well what would you take if the over under was at one and a half yeah i'd go under but that's only because like winning multiple like there's so many narratives involved and stuff yeah it's hard like you have to be aaron donald to win multiple, basically yeah right so I I I don't have a lot to say about Nick Bosa. He's outstanding, and I think he's going to be even better this year. Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving inside, sort of. Uh, it, you know what? Let's. Man, the defensive line is hard to organize into little compartments. So I'm just, just going to keep group going them all together. Contavious Street, who was somebody I had kind of in my head just written off because he been in been with the Niners for two years and he'd been hurt but it, it sounds like he's he's at a hundred percent really for the first time and playing well I think Tom Copton I, I know I mentioned him as probably the worst offensive lineman they have right now I mm-hmm. think he's thrilled that training camp is over so he doesn't have to go against Contavious Street <laughs> and then have reporters write about it <laughs> <laughs> um Contavious Street looked great in training camp and it looks like he's put on weight um, he has a ton of burst off the snap. He plays with really good leverage and he looks like he is ready to be a rotational pass rusher. Um, I don't know what he has in terms of like, or, or what's coming like from a production standpoint, like I'm not going to sit here and say, Oh yeah, Contavious Street's going to have eight sacks. But like, he was a guy coming out that a lot of people thought would be a second or third round draft pick. And then he tore his ACL and wound up going in the fourth round. He looked like somebody who could be a valuable piece on on a defensive line. Um, So that Contavious Street, and he's also like the world's nicest person, um, (laughs) which is always good. But 
Um, yeah, I think Contavious Street is could be like a kind of a diamond in the rough going into the season, just given that he's had so many knee issues in the past. But he's healthy. He seems built for his position along the defensive, like as an interior guy now, more so than a defensive end. And um, I, I'm rooting for the guy because he's like the nicest dude ever, like I mentioned. But I think he could be a uh, a really nice addition to the defense this year. Yeah, I, I, I'm rooting for him for sure. Because when you have a guy who gets drafted and then he's hurt for the first two years like that, that stinks. So yeah. um, pulling for Contavia Street. Kevin Givens. Um, probably like not their worst at it. Like worst isn't a great. It's relative. <laughs> yeah. Like relative he's probably to gonna the be other inactive. guys. It, yeah. Like he might, he might end up being inactive. He could all, they might have all their, all 10 of their defensive linemen up just for too. just like rotation purposes. Um, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Givens is fine. Like, I think he, he can play nose. He can play a little bit of three tech. Um, I think Contavious Street is probably going to be a more valuable player this year, but um, I think Givens can be can be fine. I don't Givens Givens I don't really a, flashed. A... Givens really flashed last year in the preseason game against Denver. Okay. <laughs> Solomon I... Thomas, the the 49ers didn't pick up his fifth year option. But he's going to be playing inside. It sounds like exclusively this year he's been playing well in camp. Yeah, has he been playing well in camp because he's been better or because he's been going against not good interior linemen? Both. Yeah. Um, he's he's added fifteen or twenty pounds. Yeah, uh, he was too light to play inside last year, and we know that he's not a great edge player. Uh, so he he was sort of like. He was just out out of place, like basic. He's been out of place his whole career. Like now that he's able to gain weight, play inside exclusively and be like, be what he should have been drafted to be. I think the, yeah, it was obvious. The 49ers just played him out of position, um, right. you know, all that stuff. So if he he can be your one of your defensive tackles on third down, like if if their third down package is Solomon Thomas, Eric Armstead, and d ford nick bosa like Mm -hmm. it wouldn't surprise me at all if thomas turned out a year where he had seven or eight sacks like i think that could happen um that'd be wild yeah it it would be a good story like he's you know he's dealt with a lot from a football perspective he's dealt with a ton off the field obviously um he's a good dude too uh so i'm rooting for the guy but yeah, like as a rotational interior guy, I think he's fine. I think he has some upside. I think he's probably more talented than his production at this point um, indicates. But I think, uh, and you know, I think he could have a really nice season. I do. Okay. Uh, DJ Jones. He's good, man. DJ Jones Yeah, he's is good. a really good player. You could see it last year. Yeah. Like he's, so he's what, so- strong, really quick, like a great athlete for a 315-pound yeah. dude, whatever he is. And he has a great like Minis- like Mississippi like drawl. I don't know if it's South Mississippi, Carolina. but I just picked a southern state. Yeah, South, yeah, Carolina. South Carolina. Um Yeah, his dad has like a barbecue restaurant, like it's big barbecue know. guy. Yeah. Love DJ uh, Jones. D- the DJ Jones, uh, I I want to go quicker, but um the flashes that he showed last year, like he had that burst to get the sack against the Panthers and Kyle Allen, like just out of nowhere, just like shot out of a cannon. He right. railroaded the Seahawks center to sack Russell Wilson. Yeah. Um, 
those plays need to be more consistent. That's what yeah. I'm thinking. Yeah. But I, I think he could he's he's a dude who's like if there's a dude who can go from like reasonable player to like a real dude on the defensive line, I think it's CJ mm-hmm. Jones. Okay. Javon Kinlaw. Um, Much was made about his training camp and him possibly not being a three down player right away. I think the bar is set too high for Javon Kinlaw in fans' minds because they're thinking he's a one-for-one replacement for DeForest Buckner. Um, which is, I mean, that's going to be how it goes when you're, you know, when you're the guy the team picks with the first-round pick you get for the departed star. That's going to be how it goes. But Kinlaw's not DeForest Buckner yet, and maybe he gets there. Um, but I don't. I think Kinlaw is going to be sort of your base down three tech. Um, run stuffer. I, you know, I I just don't know what he's going to add in to the pass rush this year. Um, so I think there's there are going to be some <laughs> some conversations about Javon Kinlaw as the season goes on, but I think ultimately he's going to be a really good pro. Uh, Rumor I has it he's don't big. Know that it's necessarily going to happen his rookie season. Rumor has it he's big. Can you confirm? I can confirm he's a large human. Okay, Great. it was funny. It was like. Everybody, <laughs> training camp content can be wild, but just like everybody's asking, oh, what's up with Javon Kinlaw, the first round pick? Like everyone's like, oh, he's really big. He's eager to learn. Um, he's great in the meeting room. He's being a sponge. And it's like, yeah, but he's kind of getting Nothing handled a- on the practice it's field. Like, <laughs> it's like with Tim Tebow. It was like, yeah, he's a winner and he's great with his teammates. And right. he's a really nice guy. It's like nothing about how good he is a quarterback. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, Tim Tebow catching a random stray in 2020. <laughs> uh, Eric Armstead, can he repeat in 20 seconds? Can he repeat uh, what he did last year? I don't know if he'll lead the team in sacks again because I think Bosa is going to get up there, but is he going to be like a nine or 10 sack guy? Yeah, I think he can be. He's got to stay healthy, but um, he's been predominantly healthy the last two years. So uh, he's good. I think he's going to end up being like the the big end in um in running downs kick inside mm-hmm. and passing downs where he's just a nasty pass rusher really yeah um good dude good pro uh got paid got married doing all the social justice stuff so good for him um sacramento guy but yeah armstead i think armstead uh, i think he's a good player armstead academic project check it out yep. uh, demetrius flanagan Foles. any thoughts uh really athletic uh, former, former safety, safety turn linebacker, yeah. long armed, made some plays. Uh, I know he had a interception in training camp or in preseason last year. I think that was the Denver game. Yeah, I think he was playing at safety game. though. Was he playing safety? I think so. Okay. Um, I actually, I I think I was the only uh, the only beat writer who had him in their fifty uh, three man projection. So um, no, I think he's. I don't know if he's going to be active. He might be an inactive guy. Uh, if if Warner's back, if Warner's not back, then then he's gonna be up and play on special teams. But um, interesting player, really athletic and could cover some people. Um, Aziz Alshire is he in the same role he was last year? Yes, special teams guy, backup. Yeah, Sam linebacker. Yeah, he might he might get a lot of playing time if um, or at least in base downs on Sunday if Warner isn't isn't up. I uh, you know I don't know how much base Niners will play on Sunday. Just that's FYI, true. The Cardinals, they run a lot of like three plus wide receiver stuff. So the Niners are probably spending a lot of time in nickel. That's true. Good point. It's <laughs> the worst thing. Mark Gonzalez, special teams guy. Uh, yeah. 
Okay. Tim, uh, Richard Hightower's favorite player, special does, teams coach Richard Hightower. Dre Greenlaw. Does Dre Greenlaw, if Dre Greenlaw is exactly the same as he was as a rookie, is that okay for the 49ers? Absolutely. Dre okay. Greenlaw's good. Um, yeah. The question that's going to pop into people's minds is going to be, is Dre Greenlaw good enough to make Quan Alexander expendable? And by expendable, I mean not worth paying $16 million in 2021. I think the answer is going to be yes, um, long-term. And uh, Greenlaw's going to be starting next to Fred Warner longer than Quan Alexander is. Hot take, prediction, Ooh, strong whatever take. you want to say. Strong take, like it. Fred Warner currently on the reserve COVID-19 list. I think there is... Uh, Fred Warner's awesome. I think he's really, really good. I think there is a level he can hit where he is like an all-pro caliber linebacker. Yeah. And that's I, the step I want to see him take. Yeah, I think he could be a star. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's there yet. He doesn't He doesn't fall in that Boza-Kittle-Williams group, but yeah. I think he's close. And he's also going to be up for a contract soon. So it'll be yep. interesting to see how that gets handled. Quan Alexander needs to stay healthy. Needs to stay healthy. A lot of injuries, but man, like he had a good camp. He was flying around. Um, he's our he's... best coverage linebacker. Yeah, I would, I would still go Warner. Um, Quan okay. still overruns plays and misses too many tackles for my liking, but he's a good player and they just love his energy. Like they, for whatever reason, like he's a good player, but like he he's treated by his teammates like a star. Um, and I guess it's just because he's the spark plug. I don't like it, it's a weird thing, right? Because like people don't consider Quan Alexander like an elite linebacker, but his teammates love him. Hmm. And and he's like the reason for energy when they don't have energy. And so you know, like if if they get off to a sluggish start, like Quan's well, remember- the guy who'll get everybody in gear. Yeah, and remember when he went down, everything the team was saying, it wasn't like, you know, so-and-so's got to step up on the field. It was all what they had to do emotionally. Nick Bosa, uh, to called, over, to Nick Bosa called Quan Alexander the MVP of the defense. Yeah. Um, Think about that. Jason, Think about Jason, who's on the defense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jason Verrett. I heard he got a lot of reps. Probably not going to play a ton unless... What's that? I heard he got some reps in camp. Yeah, Jason Verrett got a lot of reps in camp. Um, so did he, he got the, about the same amount of reps as Emmanuel Mosley and Akella Witherspoon, at least early in the early going. Um, probably going to be inactive unless there's an injury at corner. Um, obviously, we know Jason Verrett's injury history. I won't count on much from him, but he does have, like, if he can be healthy, he's good enough. he's good enough to start. The problem is, is a guy like that who's dealt with so many injury issues, can he play at a starter's level given he hasn't played consistently in a long time? Right, exactly. And that's, if Jason Verrett's on the field, I think it means something probably went wrong for the 49ers. I would agree. And I think cornerback depth is an issue if Jason Verrett is your cornerback depth, although you do have a Keller Witherspoon too. And Dante Johnson, one of the players they protected on the Broncos. Yep. Dante Johnson, who has more games in a 49ers uniform than anyone else on the 49ers defense. That's a wild stat. Bananas. Even more than Jimmy Ward? More than Jimmy Ward, more than Jaquaski Tart. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Crazy. Crazy. Uh, more games played, I should say, because Ward spent a lot of time here. Hey, yeah, Jimmy yeah, Ward yeah. will get to him later. Yeah. Uh, Kella Witherspoon. Is he? Is there any chance he down. starts, or is Mosley, you think, locked in there? I think Mosley's locked in. Witherspoon is so inconsistent. 
he yeah. looks like an all pro at times and other times he's getting benched um yeah. if he is consistent maybe he, this is his contract here maybe he's brought back but it might be that the 49ers have had enough um yeah. i don't know we'll see um but the upside is is there because like i said like this the the tampa the first two weeks of the season last year i was like Damn, Akella Witherspoon is playing like an all-pro. Yes, like before you he could hurt not his foot against the Steelers, you yeah. could not complete a pass to his side of the field. And it was like, man, if they have Sherman on the other side, and this is what they what they're getting from Witherspoon, the Niners yeah. are going to be lights out. And they were lights out for the most part, but it wasn't because mm-hmm. of Akella Witherspoon. Um, so... Good insurance for me. Akella Witherspoon is great insurance in the event that Kwan Williams gets hurt and Mosley has to kick inside. Yeah, but then if there's a if there's a game where witherspoon turns into burnt toast and his confidence is shot then that's when you're like looking for answers right right so that's the issue with witherspoon is that as good as he can be at times there is there there's the possibility of a game where it's like up they're attacking witherspoon side of the field and then right you know no they just can't get a stop emmanuel mosley good good player yep really good player tough player fearless dependable Someone, reliable all all those superlative things you want from a from a pro's pro yeah probably should have been the starter for once witherspoon came back the like divisional round playoff kept, game probably should have kept starting yeah, yeah. um k1 williams nickel good player, player contract year mm-hmm. forces turnovers which is great from a slot corner he's good, a re- like k1 blitzer. williams is a really damn good player really good i'm his he's in a contract here what his off season is going to be fascinating because slot yes, corners another depressed market and you wonder if the 49ers are going to try replacing him maybe kick emmanuel mosley inside or um bring williams back in in a situation where they're going to be way up against a cap it's going to be interesting to yeah. see what happens with k1 good player does richard sherman replicate his all pro season or like the drop offs coming at some point, right? Yeah. Like it, it like just physically has to. Yeah. Like Father Time is going to catch up with him. I think this is going to be his last like really high level season. Okay. I think. Like, but you think there's a high head... le- You think he's got one left? Yeah, I do. Okay. I think he's got one left. That was my question. Yeah. Because if he's if that's if that's a prediction on Sherman, I don't think there's a lot to say. No, he's good. Still really good. <laughs> he picked Jimmy Garoppolo three times and took him all to the house. <laughs> um marcel harris as we move back to safety um fine special teams guy cool. uh you're probably not thrilled if he has to play a lot of strong safety which he might because jaquaski tart has missed a ton of time in the last few years yeah um so we'll see if he develops uh he was obviously good enough to beat out jonathan cyprian who's been in the league for a long time and robert Sala knows him titans legend yeah so that <laughs> that says something i guess We'll see. I mean, I don't I don't have a, a real strong Marcel Harris opinion other than, you know, what he put together on the field last year, which was some good. We've we've more, spent way more, more time good. on Marcel Harris than I thought we were going to. Sorry. For what it's worth. Yeah. No, no, no. It's not a problem. I just that's where that's where I think he is. Like he's a special teams guy and he's yeah. your backup. Yeah. Um do, go look at the stats sans Jaquaski Tart when Marcel Harris was in there and it kind of like tells you what you Yeah, mean. it also coincided Tart and Ford were both out that yeah. same period. Tough scene. Yeah. Not great for the Niners defense. Uh Tavarius Moore, I think, has much higher upside than Marcel Harris. And it wouldn't surprise me if in three years Tavarius Moore is a team starting free safety. 
Yes, Tavarius Moore uh, has a lot of potential. Um, he has. He might be the fastest defender that they have. Um, actually, it's not might. I think he, he is the fastest defender they have. And I think he's going to play a lot, maybe more than people expect, because I think what the 49ers did in the Super Bowl, kicking Jimmy Ward down to the line of scrimmage to cover people one-on-one and having Tavarius Moore play safety is going to be more of the norm this year on third down. So I think Tavarius Moore is going to play, I don't know, 20 snaps a game maybe. Um, being there on third and long and, and maybe some other gadgety stuff. But I think I, I'm with you. I think Moore has starter upside. I think he's already a good player. And um, and I think he could be a really interesting guy in in a creative role this year. And Jaquaski Tart, we just mentioned him. He's good, Contract man. year. He's good. Contract yeah. year. Um, he's a good player. Just durability is an issue. And... Um, yeah, there's not there's not a whole lot to say about Jaquaski Tart. I mean, he's a good he's a good player. He's he's, he's big, really solid. He's big and he moves really well for a plus size strong safety. Yeah, I think I think he is like a prototypical like exactly what you want. Yeah. Maybe generate more turnovers, but yeah, the turnovers um, are the turnovers. are the big thing. But I mean, the, he had that play against the Seahawks. That, that was so sick. That saved saved a touchdown last year. Like he makes some of those plays every now and again. He had that pick in the 2017 opener. The yeah. one-handed pick of Cam Newton. Yeah. Um, he can do that from time to time, and he's really good against the run, um, but he just needs to play 16 games. Yep. Uh, Jimmy Ward, I feel I feel like Jimmy Ward has a chance to elevate himself into, like, Pro Bowl caliber. One of those guys that's smart football people, like, it's a smart football guy take to be like, Jimmy right. Ward is a really good player out there in San Francisco. Yeah. Like, yeah, like the film nerds who like study every team will like all come away with like, Oh yeah, they're the 49ers have really good safety play. And Jimmy Ward, we've talked about Jimmy Ward Island. Um, I'm building a, a cabana. Um, <laughs> There's a reason they keep bringing him back. Yeah. They love him. It's Cause he's a good player. They love him. Like he's, he's, he's going to be a defensive backs coach one day. I think he's that, he's okay. that kind of player, like, like a film junkie and like a football nerd, like that kind of guy. And because I don't want to leave out the specialists, Robbie Gold, Mitch Wisnowski, Kyle Nelson, any thoughts on that trio? Um, Mitch Wisnowski was pretty like average for a drafted punter in the fourth round, so I'm mm. wondering if he's gonna be better this year. Um, he's a and, he's a he's a needs to take a step guy. Yeah, and shout out to the <laughs> uh, Santa Barbara City College Vaqueros. Go Vox! All right. Yeah, alma mater. I totally. Uh, <laughs> worth noting, Robbie Gold. Missed a career worst eight field goals last year. Seven of them were prior to Kyle Nelson's return. He was locked in once Kyle Nelson was back at long snapper. So expect a bounce back year from Robbie Gold, guys. Yeah. Nothing? Draft him okay. in your fantasy league. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. This has gone <laughs> on way he's too long. This, this has gone on way too long. We, <laughs> uh, I have I a lot people, of. Here's. Go ahead. We went through the entire roster. How many All podcasts went through the entire 49ers roster in the, in the depth that we did? Probably not a lot. Um, active. If they're out there, f- shout out to them. Active, physically unable to perform list. Ronald Blair, Weston Richburg, Julian Taylor. Am I missing one? Nope. Okay. Jalen Hurd, JJ Nelson. Ta- oh, JJ Nelson's gone. That's they released him. Injury, injury settlement. I know. I was going to say <laughs> IR. Yeah. JJ um, Blair gone. will be yes, back the at some point. JJ Nelson era is over. The JJ Nelson era is over. Yeah. Um, uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. So I don't have a lot else to say. This has gone on way too long. Um, I do enjoy talking about football with you, which is why we do this podcast, though. So I'm I'm not uh, I'm not going to apologize for uh, enjoying this this hour plus. I don't think I'm the person you'd have to tell that. <laughs> hey, it's fine. You know what? Don't. It's pr- my cats is probably number one. They're meowing outside the door. I had to get up while you were talking and drag my chair across because I didn't want to unplug my headphones mm-hmm. where I was not listening. So I had to drag my chair across where my computer's currently sitting. My desk is still a mess. Don't worry about it. And I had to like push my cats out the door and close it. And now they're out there meowing at me because they want to eat. So I got to apologize to them first. But I will not apologize for this podcast being long because we went through the entire 49ers roster and had a damn good time doing it. Hope you guys also had a good time. Chris, before I do the little uh, subscribe review call to action, do you have anything to say? Yeah. Tweet at George Kittle and tell him to come on the pod. At GKittle46. Go on Kansas City Chronicles. Yep. Hit him up on Instagram. Yep. And make sure he knows that I'm ready to drop some Iowa football knowledge. Yep. <laughs> All right. We're out of here. Subscribe, rate, review. It's Candlestick Chronicles. We're going to be back two days uh, two days a week now moving forward uh, with the season. Uh, we're going to record every Tuesday, every Thursday. So make sure to stay locked in. We'll have game breakdowns, game previews. We're going to have guests. It's going to be awesome. Super looking forward to this season. So glad that we've got football coming back. It's Candlestick Chronicles. See you guys next time. The wait is finally over. Football is back. If you did not catch that drift from the Hour Plus podcast you just listened to, you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet online and let me tell you that's worked for basketball i've not been at any games but i've been in on the action same thing with baseball bet online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props there's political props bet online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else you can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins divisions and championship futures all day, every day. It's 10, 11 p.m. Pacific time right now. I can go place a bet right now. In fact, I might just do that. I'm going to scroll through before I go to bed and find out what bets I want to make. I'm going to bet on some futures. I love it. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E, all one word, BLUEWIRE. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts.